Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new and improved vsin.com. We've got a fresh new look on the website, plus enhanced navigation and a mobile first focus, but all that same great content currently on the front page. Best bet articles, trend reports, and betting splits for college hoops, the NBA, and NHL. Plus our guy Adam Burke has boltering his MLB betting content every day. In addition to the free betting primer and spring training best practices, he's got articles coming up on World Series futures, awards markets, and division breakdowns being added into the fold. Again, head over to vcin.com. This is the Lombardi Line. Mike Palm and Stormy Bonantoni with you coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll get into some college hoops with vcin's own Aaron Moore. In hour two, we'll have ESPN's Field Yates join the program. Talk a little bit about what's been going on in Indy at the Combine. And today, we had the, the quarterback arrivals, a bunch of quarterbacks going to the podium, talking to reporters. Yesterday, it was the defensive line and linebackers working out. Today, we'll have DBs and tight ends. Tomorrow, quarterbacks outside of the top three guys will all do their workouts, throwing wide receivers, running backs. And on Sunday, we'll have the offensive line. Any of the, the headlines and news that have come out about the quarterbacks today that stood out to you, Mike? I, You know, I believe, and I'm not a big draft better. I just believe the Bears are forced to take Caleb Williams because of the narrative. And because if they don't, and he blows up and becomes a great player. They're going to be, you know, they're all going to be gone, right? I think you have to defensively. But he continues to me all the signs of this guy. I'm not sure about his leadership and his intangibles. Uh, it kind of devolved at USC as the year went on last year. And now he's, you know, he, he's he, not 32 teams can draft him. So he's not going to do these general tests. He'll do them for specific. He's got a very sort of different outlook, I guess. And I, some of the things... He says are strange to me, but I, I think there'll be stuff. I think the draft debate is at two and that's where the betting yeah. action, right? I th- can see that that's going to be a market that might go back and forth between Daniels and Maine. I think it's a very interesting choice. Sure. I mean, right now, Caleb Williams minus a thousand yeah. to be the top overall pick <laughs> minus 900 for that pick to go to the Chicago Bears. I know there has been some talk about maybe the commanders would be willing to trade up to ensure that they could get Caleb Williams and connecting the dots with he and Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I don't know about all that. I to your point about the Bears position that they're in. Can you imagine if two years in a row they have the top over? overall pick and they had the opportunity to have CJ Stroud or if Caleb Williams blows up and you didn't get either one of them to be that next piece for you. Like 
as if they haven't made enough mistakes in developing quarterbacks. Now you're not even having the opportunity to try. So well, I'm with they, you there. This is th- they have this pick because they didn't take Stroud, right? And they ended up getting this pick from Carolina. So now. If you don't, t- what what would you have to get to keep going here? I mean, and what what can you three number ones? I mean, I don't know. And you know, I mean, are they, are they gonna just say okay, Fields is the guy? I mean, that they would almost have to do that. I mean, what are they going to flip one and two? They're high on Daniels. They're very very high that's, on Daniels. That's what is I that? think. That's what I think they would do. Just flip one and two. Take whatever take compensation Washington will give take Jaden Daniels. It'd yeah. have to be for Daniels. It couldn't be if they liked May. They would. Well, they wanted. and so that's the thing. I don't know if you've been seeing this, <laughs> but not only has like the Daniels conversation heated up, mm-hmm. but you're hearing top analysts across the board saying for them, Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels yeah. are one right A1 there, one one A one B, or they are, or even Daniels is the better quarterback. They would prefer to take Jaden Daniels. How do you feel about that? I think Daniels is better than May. I, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. And then, but then, you know, I watched him go into Notre Dame and be horrible in that game at Notre Dame. Mm. Um, I'm with you. I remember Daniels at Arizona State. So the transformation last year seems a bit... It's hard for me to throw away what I saw in Arizona State. Exponential growth in a short amount of time. I also think that the LSU defense was so bad that they got so many more possessions that those stats are a little misleading, right? At the same time, he's very, very dynamic. Um, And this stat about every time he has a play, it's over 10 yards, right? This human first down, it's hard not to think about that, right? He's got that (laughs) and the 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions when blitzed. Like there are certain things like that that stand out and you're like, okay, well, that's that's transferable to the NFL. That sounds good. I mean, to be taking a big chance, I, I think from a betting perspective, I guess that Daniels will go before May is the bet that I would make right now. Like I just... It's it's funny to me how these North Carolina quarterbacks get that, and you know it's too. But like they don't really do. They didn't Mitch do anything. Trubisky, they did. Sam they, Howell, they weren't yeah. tremendous. You know they didn't do anything tremendous with their teams or take their teams to new heights or even, you know, conference championships, and they get thrown up there like it's quarterback you. I mean, unlike Mac Jones as a quarterback whisper. So for me, I don't kind of get that. So. Um, We'll have a lot of fun, and I know this program especially will, yeah. with all the nuances that go on here. Oh, and it's lying season, so yeah. that, that's lying. always that's always fun. Um, <laughs> when Michael comes back, we'll get into that more. But again, Caleb Williams minus a thousand to be the top overall pick. Drake May is a minus one fifteen favorite to go two, and Jaden Daniels plus one forty to go three. But again, Daniels catching a lot of steam lately, the way that he's been talked about from personnel folks, and all three of those quarterbacks will not be throwing at the combine tomorrow. Williams on the podium today saying he played. 30 or so games so go re-watch the live ball and see how he is a competitor you also referenced him not doing the medical he is reportedly the first player ever to come to the combine and not do the medical portion of things he said 32 teams can't draft him he's one guy the teams that he goes to visit he will do the medical um, give the information to them he did give us though an idea of his measurables take a listen um, it's the first time I'm hearing about my height and size. Um, you know, I'm around Aaron Rodgers' size and, and maybe weight too. Uh, 215, uh, 220, and 6'1", 6'2". He also said in an interview with ESPN's Pete Thamel this week, he'd be excited to go to the Bears or wherever he gets drafted. And this morning on the podium, talked about the unique situation that the Bears are in having the number one overall pick. 
Um, it's the first time I'm hearing about my height and size. Um, you know, I'm around Aaron Rodgers' size and and maybe weight too. Uh, two fifteen. Uh, okay, so that wasn't quite what I was looking for, but. <laughs> Okay, we have the real one. Let's play that one. I mean, the Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, if you can go into a situation like that. Should we be at all concerned that he doesn't know his height or the record of the team that's I'm, likely going to draft him? I'm concerned because there's a big difference between seven and ten and eight and nine when your win total was yeah. seven and a half. I'm going to tell you <laughs> that, that right now. That is an excellent point. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Everything is so loosey-goosey with this guy, right? This is your life here, right? I mean, this is your profession. Thinking somebody's taking the medical boards. And, ah, I don't know what I studied. <laughs> I don't know what I... I uh, he's just kind of an oddball, kind of out there. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure he's going to give us a lot more sound yeah. bites oh, here. I, I, mean, I so the thing with him is, and I think I, I referenced the Pete Thamel article with ESPN mm-hmm. this week. I do think it was good that he came out this week and said. I'm I, the, a lot of the things that have been portrayed about me from a narrative standpoint of I'm not going to want to go to this team if they have the first pick or I need to have ownership in a team just kind of acknowledging those narratives and saying I'm going to be excited to go wherever I'm going to go and for me at least yesterday that was a reminder that a lot of the stuff that we've heard about Caleb Williams generally speaking has been from reporters or has been from his dad who's his manager and other things like his dad is more of a concern for me than Caleb Williams himself most likely at this point the one thing about Caleb Williams that he has had control over that I really, really dislike about him, big picture, is the fact that after losses at USC, he wouldn't speak to media. Like, that's a weird red flag to me because you're going to have to in the National Football League not go allowed. up and take ownership. Not allowed things. to do that in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they, they so that's, have, that's the one red flag about Caleb Williams that we know tangibly was he and Lincoln Riley's decision that he did not do that I think is is interesting about his personality. He did know the Bears had a good defense. At least we can give them that, which they had the best run defense. Down uh, the stretch. They, they were very they were playing good. well. They were very, I had to sweat that seven and a half. I thought it was a lock early in the year, and then I had to sweat it in the last week. Thank God the Packers uh, came through there. It's always those pesky dads, though, isn't it? It's always the, the Jack Elways and the... They want to. They want to be coach, Henning, best Indiana, friend, they're, manager, they're, agent, they're, everything except dad. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, also, we had a quote from Drake May with Tom Pelissero. You don't want a game plan for me. You want a game plan with me. Thoughts? Very confident, I guess. Um, he really is a humble kid, though. I'll say. I, I don't my know. Conversations I haven't heard him. him speak a lot. You've you've interviewed him on the sideline. Yeah, I've talked to him a couple of times. We've been in those, you know pre-game meetings mm-hmm. and everything. And he he's a little bit quieter, yeah. uh, humble, mild-mannered. He seems like a really good kid with a good head on his shoulders. But unfortunately, the games that I have been on the sideline for, he has not played particularly well. Did you ever cover Iowa State when Purdy was there? I did not. Oh, you did? Okay. I did my first Iowa State game the year after he left. All right. So, sorry. I, didn't. Say, I wish. Interesting to get your take and then see where he's to. come to. And- but I have talked to like a lot of his old coaches. I did a USF game this year with mm-hmm. Alex Golish, who coached him there. And just uh, like a bunch of guys on, on that staff that were very, very complimentary about the person and like competitive competitor and confidence that he had and they were like I know it's hard when somebody's drafted last to have any like you can say in hindsight okay yeah I saw this but we always talked about him in in a way that he's seen now which is cool that's a false narrative that Mr. Rell but the guy started 47 games in Ames you know what I mean 
He's not a schlub. No, not at all. I'm sick of it. It's awful. Uh, we're we're going to get into plenty more combine talk. A lot of news and notes coming out of the NFL today that we'll get to. But when we return, turning gears to college basketball with Aaron Moore. Stay with us. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to the Lombardi line on VEASAN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi, who's getting a little bit of time away right now. Stormy Bon and Tony with you, but always appreciative. You're willing to step in on these Fridays, which is the first of many Stormy and Mike Palm Fridays to come. Steph had an idea for a segment for us, by the way, that I don't know what it would entail. So we kind of have to work around the name. But the palm before the storm has a really nice ring to it. Now you have to make it make sense. 
Exactly. Not right. That's that, that. That is our task now. It's <laughs> figuring out what the hell that segment would actually be. Later, we'll have. Does Palm have a qualm? Yes. Right. <laughs> we 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 love wordplay around here. Uh, that'll be fun though. So we'll get into some some long shot bets that we'll see. If it is something that you might have a qualm with, or if you want to fire on it, I came qualm? up with a couple. I like the NFL, uh, NFL, NHL futures ones. Those were those were pretty good. We've got a few in there that'll that I think are good that will get yeah. your your yeah. brain thinking a little bit down the stretch. Um, we'll get into plenty of NFL obviously this hour as well. Lots of combine talk, quarterback news coming out that does not revolve around the first three picks in the draft. <laughs> but we'll have ESPN's Field Yates join us. Um, he's been doing a great job with NFL Live out there in Indy this week, and he and Mel Kiper are very much so into all of the mock drafts and potential trades and all of that. So I think that'll be a good conversation coming up. I met him at Radio Row this year, Field Yates. He's, he's like he's 18 years old. He looks so young. He doesn't age. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, very, very nice yeah. guy, though, and obviously super knowledgeable in this space. Let's get into uh, some of the news items, though, that have come out because we've heard from GMs, coaches, mm. now players all at the podium out there in Indy. And NFL Network's James Palmer had an interesting take this week about what the Falcons are going to do at quarterback. And there's been a ton of talk because we heard the quotes from Raheem Morris about um, they want to fit for the city in addition to the team. And that got a lot of people thinking about Justin Fields, who has already been connected to this team because it's his home, yada, yada, yada. Well, Palmer thinks a dark horse for the Falcons could actually be Baker Mayfield. What do you think? I hadn't thought of that, honestly, when I read that. I, I, I hadn't connected it. And this is another the coaching angles mm -hmm. that they re, you reunite with something, you know, stick to the devil, you know, and something that's familiar um, with with Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson uh, along that same angle with uh, the commanders and Cliff Kingsbury and, and Caleb Williams. It's an interesting thought. I mean, they, they need quite an upgraded quarterback, right? They've built they've built this offense to have all these weapons, right? I mean, you. you so many top 10 picks and you wonder how they're utilizing them or not utilizing them. And a lot of that, that had to do with the quarterback and, and Ritter's inability to do that. Baker's interesting. I think he benefited um, in Tampa Bay from playing in a pretty conservative system uh, to having some good talent around him in a defense that could keep games, keep games under control. Um, and he performed well last year. Um, what do you think his arc is going to be? Is his arc going to be what we saw last year in Tampa Bay? Uh, or is arc going to be more like the majority of his, his NFL career? Um, I would still lean against this. If you put a yes, no price on Baker to Atlanta, I'd probably lay a pretty yeah. decent four five to one that that's not going to happen. And I don't know how this goes in with the city narrative of Atlanta and Baker Mayfield. I don't know. They got to come up with some of that soccer mojo where they got all. I mean, that, that, have you ever seen the Atlanta United games? They're they're not even that good of a team and they, they sell the place out and they're so excited. And then the Falcons yeah. games, they don't have that kind of energy. <laughs> Uh, it's the same thing in Charlotte. Charlotte FC oh, yeah. like, is a huge deal. They've got tons of fans in the stands. Like and it's soccer in the southeast, and it's, it's so hugely yeah. popular, and, and it's supposed to be football. That's the religion. Meanwhile, you, we, also, we saw all those pictures at the end of the year for the Panthers, well, and it was just abysmal. You no. could get tickets for 45 cents. That's why uh, <laughs> David Tepper is now raising ticket prices out there. <laughs> Great. Good for you. Anyways. But, no, I'm with you. I think Baker stays with the Bucks, and that's what a lot of the conversation has been. He's been very open about wanting to stay there. It feels 
feels like they like what they got out of him. And if and it's just what you said, if he's able to build on that and or maintain it versus reverting back to the player that we've seen a lot of fields, by the way, minus 425 right now at DraftKings <laughs> to go to Atlanta. Ultimately, do you think that's where he ends up? I keep saying what system best fits him. And I think having a strong running game and a good tight end does benefit him. The problem the read with, option game, I feel like would be so fun with him and Bijan. The problem with him is he takes so long to read the field, right? He's so long in his progressions um, that it's tough for him to be a, a great drop back passer. So you got to keep him moving and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be. I, I, I'm going to go off the, cause the next topics might be Pickett here in Pittsburgh though. And I asked this to Michael when we were, we were on the program. I keep thinking that Russell Wilson could, could land in Pittsburgh. I think that would be a spot for him. Um, He's a favorite be, too right because now. Because of Arthur Smith. Because of what Arthur Smith wants out of his quarterback. And he wants a quarterback that's going to be under center. There's very few that do that. Russell Wilson is still an under center quarterback, a quarterback that that is a good at the ball fake, which he's always been throughout his career and uses that play action. I know Michael said he thinks it just might be he's deteriorated to the point where he's he's not sustainable, but he will have a job. I just I think this Steelers and Wilson makes a lot of sense. And at 225, um, it would be a bet I would make if I if I had access to it. Minus 225 to go to Pittsburgh, plus 550 to come here to play with the Raiders in Vegas, 6-1 to one to stay with the Broncos, which how how is that even in the Six top to three one. That's missing two zeros, that, yeah, exactly. not one That's, zero. That ain't going to happen, no. but we'll just throw that out there. <laughs> Steelers general manager Omar Khan, he deflected some questions about yeah. a possible trade, whether it be for Fields or free agent target um, with Russell Wilson when he inevitably gets released because that's what's going to happen despite what the odds are telling us with the Broncos. Um he, he said that he would look at every avenue, but he also said, and he made it very clear, they have full faith in Kenny Pickett and are excited about the impact that Arthur Smith could have on him. They also really want to bring back Mason Rudolph, and he talked about the competition angle. Terry Bradshaw said openly the other day that he thinks it would be a terrible idea to trade for Justin Fields or anybody else. He loves Kenny Pickett, loves his poise, <laughs> loves his competitiveness. But don't we also love points? Don't we also love a productive offense? Like Kenny Pickett's missing something for that group. I know everybody loves him as a person and wants him to have success. And they picked him as a first round selection a couple years ago. But I don't think that he has what it takes to get that offense to the next level. I don't think it was just Matt Canada. I think Pickett was a big part of that. No, I think we would have seen it already. And there's been plenty of Pittsburgh games that I, that I had a position in that I've been watching closely. And he just doesn't get you there. He doesn't get you into the end zone. He doesn't get you. Doesn't get you points on key drives. He's only thrown one. One. He's had one game with multiple touchdowns and twenty four starts. One. We would have seen it already, Stormy. I'm not there with him, and and I know the narrative was great, the hometown and played and and all that, but it didn't happen. And I and I think they have to be willing to move on at this point. Another quarterback that is in the headlines, uh, Zach Wilson, <laughs> Albert Breer, good friend of the show here, MMQB Sports Illustrated, said one of his coaches told Breer on Wednesday that he still believes Zach Wilson is made of the right stuff and can find success if he can achieve a level of consistency that he couldn't get in New York. Do you believe that Zach Wilson, maybe a change will do him good, and if he is in a different situation, that he can still be a, a good NFL quarterback? No, I don't. I, I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a good leader. I think that leadership intangible that we talk about is very important. Um, 
and he has not shown that in New York at all. The same reason I think that Mac Jones failed. These guys are not, for whatever reason, don't have the maturity level to deal with obstacles that they have and a lack of success that didn't translate maybe necessarily immediately from college into the pros. And um, another guy with a lot of off-the-field issues. I think another team that needs to move on they took a shot i mean obviously a huge shot at number two overall and it didn't work out can a fresh start and people that don't have preconceived notions about a person allow them to create a different image of themselves sure i'm not sure if he's good enough i mean he had one decent game that game on that sunday night against kansas city where he actually looked like he was in command of that offense and they probably should have won that game somehow they let the chiefs take eight and a half minutes <laughs> off the clock to go 47 <laughs> yards with a bunch of nonsense penalties and stuff that that kept him in the game but other than that he really hasn't shown any flashes and he's had a running game with him as well that he hasn't been able to use as a compliment see and i would say he has had flashes he's mm-hmm. had moments but uh, what's that saying like flashes get you fired the the potential, I guess, for you see some of those moments of what he could be, but he just he isn't that guy. And we, we haven't seen it be consistent. He's four and seven in his 11 starts this year, had the worst QBR in the National Football League of the 30 qualified quarterbacks. And I know it was a tough position that he was in because a lot of things changed with Aaron Rodgers stepping in offensively. But when Aaron Rodgers is done, four snaps in, do you not start to work an offense around the guy that you have and try to play to his strengths? It's like they did that for two games and then it was out to dry. So I don't think there's a belief at all in him, despite what this coach said to Albert Breer. I think he's done. I think that he's going to be a backup or a third string quarterback in this league moving forward. And that's about the ceiling for Zach Wilson now. I don't disagree with you, Stormy. Um, the the Jets also, by the way, I, I don't think that this surprised anybody, but they have given Zach Wilson permission to <laughs> to seek a trade. The offensive line, though, is what they got to get figured out. They have to go tackle in, in the first round, right? Well, they have to. They've got to be able to protect Rodgers. I mean, you're going to have uh, a quarterback that, that has very limited mobility here that you've staked your future to. And it's the same thing we said in Cincinnati with Burrow. If you can't protect him, he's no good. The numbers, one of the worst in the NFL last year, as we know just with our eye test, but a pass block win rate of 50% that led them to allowing pressure on 35% of dropbacks, fifth highest rate in the league, which in turn led to their quarterbacks being sacked on dropbacks at the fourth highest rate. Like, you cost your quarterback his entire season four snaps into the game, and it did not get better. And they need to run the ball more effectively as well. Lots of things that need to get fixed in Jets country on the field and behind the scenes with all of the issues that they've had coming out about Robert Sala, about Nathaniel Hackett. So we'll see how things look coming up in 2024. Coming up here on the Lombardi line, ESPN's Field Yates is going to join us. We're going to discuss the combine where he thinks those top three quarterbacks are going to go and more. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with VSEN's free MLB betting primer? This primer will tell you how to bet on spring training and continues all season long with our VSEN experts' World Series futures analysis. Our free MLB betting primer has basic baseball betting advice for those new to betting the MLB, plus a breakdown on how to use Saber metrics for our more data-driven bettors. Make this your best season yet. Download the free MLB betting primer now. Again, that's for free at VSEN.com slash guide. 
guide, bsin.com slash guide. This is the Lombardi line. Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi today. Stormy Tony with you live from downtown Las Vegas, but we're heading out to Indy where the NFL combine rolls on ESPN's Field Yates joining us now at Field Yates on X. And we're, we're having some of the big dogs hit the podium today. Caleb Williams, certainly not afraid to do things his own way. Not only is he not throwing at the combine, but he's the first player ever not to do the medical field, which is obviously very unique. What's the reaction been to Caleb Williams today? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, guys, thanks for having me on, by the way. I'd say for the most part, uh, I think it's more of a reality of an, an acknowledgement from people around the NFL that the combine as we know it is not the same anymore. We're going to see more and more and more of this as players are taking matters into their own hands. You know, when you have a deep, uh, potentially complicated medical history, it's important for you to have the various testing done if you're a player like Michael Penix Jr., quarterback from Washington, who's had two ACL tears and two separate season-ending shoulder injuries, that's where the stuff like the medical really matters. But for guys who have a relatively clean bill of health or guys that have done everything you can do on tape to show what kind of prospect you are, the impact of missing out on these various portions of the combine a lot less dramatic than it would be under different circumstances. I think this event is still wonderful and integral to the NFL pre-draft process, but it's taken on new shape. And I think teams that don't acknowledge that are only fooling themselves. Field from a betting perspective, Caleb Williams, overwhelming choice. You have to lay 10 to one to go to the bears at number one. And then the market becomes interesting between two and three with Drake may and Jaden Daniels with Drake may being a slight favorite to go second to the commanders. Is the combine a place where Jaden Daniels stock will rise um, because when he runs the 40 and, and these different physical drills that they're going to do, do you think this will have an effect on the betting markets? Uh, I'd actually be surprised if Jaden does anything physical this week. I suspect that he'll uh, save all that for the uh, pro day itself. And, you know, I, uh, you know, having studied some of these betting markets over the years, I don't know that we have a great feel on these things typically this far out. So, um, I've told people this repeatedly. The only time, the only way that I'll feel really confident in one of those quarterbacks, Caleb, excuse me, uh, Jaden Daniels or Drake May being the uh, likely pick at number two is if Adam Schefter reports something. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to go with what I have felt throughout this process, which is that they're both nip and tuck for that number two overall spot in the entire draft. I mean, Jaden Daniels, so electric, dynamic runner, will immediately change the way that you can play defense. Meanwhile, Drake May is six foot four, 230 pounds, terrific arm, only 21 years old. Jaden Daniels will be 24 uh, at the end of his rookie season. So you're getting a little bit more time on your side if you're a team that values that. So um, I really feel like up until April 25th, absent some really solid reporting from uh, someone like my great colleague, Adam Schefter, I'm going to feel uncertain about how that number two pick will go. And, you know, to your earlier point, it's still so early in the process, but what are your thoughts on one of those top three teams potentially trading out of one of those spots for somebody trying to get up there to get a quarterback or even the Chicago Bears who do have that top overall pick right now? There's been some conversation of would a Washington really go all in and try to get up to that number one selection? Yeah, you know, I think if uh, Washington were to do that, the price would be quite prohibitive. And the only reason that you're going to move up from two to one is that you have a singular quarterback prospect that you view as the guy that can kind of change your franchise going forward. So I sort of view that as 
uh, Chicago would be carrying a significant amount of leverage and be able to demand a steep price for that. So um, it's definitely possible a team could trade up into the top three. Right now, though, I don't have a great sense of how likely it is or what teams that might be. I just think it's possible. But uh, truthfully, I think that um, the top three teams in this year's draft class would be most wise to simply stay where they are and take a quarterback in the case of the bears, likely Caleb Williams and the case of the Patriots, whichever is the leftover at three and the commanders have the tougher decision at pick number two. Field, I think the chargers are very interesting at number five uh, with, with Jim Harbaugh coming in and a philosophy on how he wants to build this team. Do you think that the chargers will draft uh, a skill position players like, like Bowers or, or Romazune from, from Washington, or do you think that they are more likely to try to build uh, both sides of both lines, offensive and defensive line, and, and they will draft either uh, Alt from Notre Dame or, or, or Fashanu from Penn State. Yeah, I think Joe Alt's probably the player that if I were to do my mock draft 2.0 right now, I'd end up there once again. You know, we'll see. I'm sort of reading tea leaves here, but, you know, the words from not just Jim Harbaugh, but also Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, and also Joe Ortiz, their offensive, excuse me, their general manager, all, you know, they all talked about physicality and talked about running the football. So I'm sort of following the lead of the powers that be out there in Los Angeles to draw me to taking an offensive tackle at pick five overall. But um, I, I think the world of Malik neighbors and Roma Dunze is prospects. And if they don't keep Keenan Allen and, or Mike Williams wide receiver, all of a sudden becomes a pretty prominent need there for the chargers. ESPN NFL insider Field Yates joining us live on the Lombardi line. Do you have a sense of when we might get any information for Russell Wilson, for Justin Fields and, and the Broncos and Bears moving off of those two players? Do you think that happens in the next week? Uh, I think Russell Wilson happens by the start of the league year, like right around it would be my guess, just because, you know, the minute you move on from him, you kind of have some clarity on the situation and you can attack free agency as a result of that. Meanwhile, with, uh, with Justin Fields, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow the lead of Ryan Poles, who said, basically, we want this wrapped up sooner than later. We think we owe it to the kids. So, um, yeah, I, I think both of those are probably taking place uh, relatively soon here, if I had to guess. Field, I want to ask you about the coaching carousel that we've seen so far this offseason. What move, either from a head coaching perspective or coordinator's perspective, has most surprised you? Um, I would say probably that neither of Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel is a head coach, but that would be my biggest surprise. Um, just because, you know, Bill Belichick's the greatest ever in the case of Mike Vrabel, very accomplished head coach for. Uh, the Titans and somebody who I think has a real chance to be head coach and be a really good one again in future years. Have you heard anything about the 49ers and their defensive coordinator search if they're starting to hone in on who they might land? I haven't. Um, I, I've, I've seen a couple of the names that they have either requested their interview or they have interviewed as of yet, but the reality for the 49ers is that they're not competing with anybody for a defensive coordinator. So well, I don't think this uh, search will drag on. Uh, it's not as if they need to have this wrapped up by tomorrow or the next day because whoever their top candidate is, uh, they are likely competing only against other candidates for that 49ers job. Last thing before we let you go, um, I, I was scrolling through your Twitter and obviously a lot of great content coming out of the NFL Combine and NFL <laughs> News, but nothing made me happier than seeing the truth being preached about the goat of chocolate candies in the Reese's eggs. Like oh. Reese's shapes only. 
it's the most important thing that takes place over the next couple months on the, uh, you know, on the retail racks out there, your various grocery stores and pharmacies. I'm with you hundred percent. Like this is uh, my way of saying that like, you ever want to talk football? I'm back anytime you want. If you agree with my Reese's take, I'm back anytime you want me on the show. Field, you're the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, and uh, especially when it's Thank so you. busy out there in Indy. It's Field Yates, everybody. Sounds NFL good. insider for ESPN. Thank you. Bye. He's great. It's so busy right now. I really appreciate him taking some time today. Reese is my favorite candy. Is it? I'm not obsessed with the shape, the shape, this and that. See, I think there is a different chocolate to peanut butter ratio in those. And Mm. I like the little extra peanut butter chunk that they give you, whether it's the heart, the egg, the tree, whatever it is. We have an HR meeting here every other Thursday. And we go over to the building there that's at the old Methodist church there on Third Street. And when they go, they have Reese's chilled Reese's ready for me when I go to the meeting, the staff of the HR. Do you know what season it is right now? Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. Do they're you at have the supermarkets? Do you have a ranking? Your top three Girl Scout cookies. I haven't Scout had them cookies? in a long time. What? Yeah, I haven't had. Oh, Girl it is Scout an annual tradition. In a lot long time. The thing that I'm that I most lament about sweets and things is that we can't get eggnog all year round. Some You're a places, big eggnog guy. Some places will have it now at Easter time. They'll have eggnog again. But so I have to search That's them out. That's very random. Oh, I love eggnog. You don't hear a lot of people. But it's painful. Eggnog because it clogs you up. So, <laughs> you know, you have to you do it with a bit of pain. You have, there's a tolerance level for how much you can drink. Valid points it all is. around. You throw a little booze in there at the holidays, oh, oh, too. Yes. Don't hate that. <laughs> but I um, I got really excited because my husband yesterday brought home some Samoas and Thin Mints. Mm, and thin mints. like, mm. yes, Samoas, thin, thin Mints and Tagalongs, I would say, are the top trio of Girl Scout cookies. Feel free to at me if you disagree, but there's it's not really a conversation <laughs> at all in my mind. We are going to take a quick time out. When we come back, get into a little hockey on the Lombardi line. We're changing it up on Fridays. We're going to do one hockey segment a week. It's going to be great. Get excited. We'll be right back. More Lombardi line to come. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.